Welcome to the Cookery by the Book podcast with Susie Chase. She's just a home cook in New York City, sitting at her dining room table, talking to cookbook authors. Hi, I'm Josh Emmett, and my book is called The Recipe. It is uh, has 150 of the world's finest chefs contributing uh, with 300 of the world's best recipes. You call the recipes in this cookbook the world's great classic dishes. How do you define classic when it comes to these recipes? Well, that, that's an interesting thing because um, when we when you go down to it and and you dial in about what what is a classic recipe, we sort of came back to the the, the point is, and this is an obscure way of describing it, but it has to be a thing. You know, uh, if it's a thing and it's been a thing for a long, long time. And what a thing means is that it, it, it means something to you or that it, um, it, it's become a classic. It's, it's got an identity in its own right. And so many of these dishes have. They, they, they have been replicated and emulated and, and played with. But the base idea of these recipes is that they've been around for many, many years and they're tried, tested, absolutely loved and uh, they will never go away. And what we try to do is give you the sort of best possible version of each one. What did it take to narrow down the most beloved and iconic dishes of the past 50 years? I can't even imagine. No, it was, was you know, nothing about this book was easy. Uh, Let's get that out there straight away. Um, We went... Uh, basically started compiling a list and um, I spent a, a lot of time just narrowing things down, putting dishes in that I loved. Um, you know, they can't be too overcomplicated. You, we, 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 you know, this is a, um, this is a window into it. Um, I think into the, the world of classic recipes. I mean, there's, there's hundreds and, and and probably thousands more out there if you know we didn't go too deep into um india or you know we only scratched the surface of south america or or various places like that so it feels like it's a, a more of a in-depth um version of possibly the western world with a lot of um uh, dishes that have you know, uh, whether it's a, a Chinese or Malay or um, other other influences or cultures that have infiltrated into that really well. Um, but then, you know, that is possibly seen through my eyes rather than uh, someone else's. I, I, it, would, it would be interesting to hear your point of view on that, for instance, of, of what you think is what's missing and what's, what's interesting, I suppose. Oh, my God. I, I mean, this is a vast cookbook that's far and wide. But what what I've noticed with many cookbooks that span the world is that the recipes are so lofty and complicated and not geared towards a home cook like me. So I love that you can take a trip around the world with accessible recipes and you label it at the top of the page with easy, moderate, or difficult. But I think that the easy recipes outnumbered the rest. Is that right? hundred percent you know if it was if really if it was too complicated we we wanted a more simplistic version and, and and where we needed to ask for a more simplistic version we we sort of did we wanted we wanted to we didn't really want the overcomplicated version we want the paired back essentials and these are recipes you know if you're you know coming back to that point if if 
you're a person who loves to cook and you know and, and loves food and that there's not many people who don't um you know who, who don't live around food um or it forms a big basis of their life these are the recipes that you want to have experienced or, or the dishes actually that you want to have experienced and it cooked at least once in your lifetime and and that is also part of it right we're, we're giving you the the bible the uh, essential recipes that you know you've got to have done once you've got to have eaten them once you've got to have experience cooking it to give the listener a feel of how vast this cookbook is how many chefs and cooks are featured so there's 150 uh, chefs from around the world, um, some incredible names and, and incredible uh, chefs and, and cooks. Uh, and there's, uh, I think there's 300, 315 recipes. And a lot of them, as, as you said, uh, a lot of them are extremely um, simple, versatile and easy to replicate at home. Okay, so a little bit about you. So after a career spanning 25 years, most notably working with Gordon Ramsay, I'm most curious about your work on luxury yachts. We have this show here in the States called Below Deck, and I marvel at the top-notch dishes that come out of these teeny, tiny kitchens. Can you talk a little bit about that? Yeah, it, it was an interesting experience. It, it's it's uh, let's first thing first things first. It's a very unusual experience, I think, because you are living an unrealistic life, right? I was on a, I was on a super yacht for three months, and I think I worked um, for about two weeks of that with actual guests on board. The rest of the time, we're sitting in the south of France, living like kings, you know. Um, and I always thought, and this is a terrible thing to say, don't, uh, but. Um, there was, there was, there was sort of two sorts of people I came across. They were either running away from something or they were in it for the money. And I never thought either of those were good things, yeah. <laughs> um, you know, in terms of my work colleagues and that sort of thing. Although we were just out there having fun, right? But it was, it, it was, uh, a hugely enjoyable sort of three months of my life, and I had a, I was on a great boat with um, you know cool people, and we had we had a lot of fun basically. But what I thought my problem was was uh, I need to go and do some hard work. I need to go and um, get back into a hard kitchen, and that's actually when I went back to London and um, walked into Gordon's kitchen. Well, yeah, I would I would imagine Gordon's kitchen is harder than a kitchen on a yacht. So the photography in this cookbook is sleek and straight out of a modern art gallery. For example, the squid ink risotto. The background is black, the plate is black, and the risotto is black, which almost blends together, but it still displays a delicious-looking dish. Tell us about Kieran mm. Scott, who shot this cookbook. Yeah, he's. He, I, this is my third cookbook, and and Kieran shot all three. And um, he is he is brilliant at what he does. And yeah, that that black on black risotto is just gold. Um, but there was a, there, there's a really clear uh, methodology around the cook the the pho photography in the cookbook. Um, We've got 150 of, of, of the world's finest chefs contributing here. Um, some big personalities, and you know. What this book is, this book isn't about them, and it's not necessarily about me. It's 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 about the dish 
Um, and the dish is what really needs to be represented and, and shine above all. So we made the call early on that the, the photography was, and this is a lot of Kieran, this is Kieran's um, bread and butter. He is exceptionally good at this. There uh, is a white background or a back, black background, and they're either shot on a white plate or a black plate, um, with very, very few exceptions. Uh, we got the plates made for us from a guy um, on Waiheke Island, which is an island just off Auckland uh, here in New Zealand. And you can, once you, you know, you understand that and flick through the book, you can very much see that there's no, there's no styling. Um, you know, when my, um, uh, when I put food on a plate, it was as it sat you know as it came out of the pan or as it you know very um very natural and sort of unfiltered and that sort of thing so it really does represent um the dish in its best possible light and it actually makes it look more simplistic or or as simplistic as it is because you, you often sort of dress these things up and that actually i think scares people even a little bit more where they look at it and go i'm not sure i can make that um, whereas when it's just, you know, the tiramisu, for instance, we just took it out of the tray and put it on a plate and shot it. And it's and it's beautiful in its own right, you know, but it, that, that, that's what it comes back to. It's all about the dish. On page 196, you have Leah Chase's recipe for Creole gumbo. Um, sadly, recently we lost her at the ripe old age of 96. Did you know her? No, I had never met her, um, and uh, I was obviously ecstatic to have her um, to have her gumbo. And the I've heard so much about it, um, and did research on it. So yeah, incredible. After compiling over three hundred recipes, did you happen to learn anything new, or a new technique, or a recipe you hadn't made before? Oh my God! Uh, you know uh, th- this. Uh, as I say, it was a, this was a challenging project, and in, in many, uh, it was one of these things I dived into. Right, so I, 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 we we came up with the idea, and we set on what we were going to do, and, and, and away I went. And once I started getting a list of chefs, and they started sending through the recipes, I sort of turned around and was was a bit like, Oh my God! I've I've actually got to. A, it's easy to cook your own recipes because you just cook out of your own head. Um, you know, I had to read thoroughly every single recipe uh, and really think them through. And a lot of them, not not, not a huge percentage, but quite a few, I, I sort of sat there and was like, really? Okay. Um you know, it was new to me. There was you're cooking and you know, doing things in a different order than perhaps I'm used to. So there was there was a Huge amount of a learning for me, um, and, and and doing different styles, and 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 that part was one of the best things about the book for me. Um, but also there was a huge amount of pressure. You know, I, I really did feel the pressure in that in those early days of the book that the chefs that um, contributed were allowing me to take their dish, uh, shoot, cook it, shoot it. Um, and, and, and put it in the book and trust that I was going to deliver something that was um, exceptional. That's credit to you, I think, too, that they trusted you well, enough. I, well, yeah, hopefully, yeah. But, I, you know, in the, as I say, in the early days, I certainly felt it. Um, I, I was like, right, oh, my God, I need to really get this. It doesn't need, just need to be good. It needs to be great. I like that you have notes with every single recipe, 
For example, with Ruth Reichel's Very Rich Pancakes, you say to use the batter straight away, don't let it stand, and maintain a medium-high heat in the pan. Your notes section is so helpful. Talk a little bit about that. Yeah, the notes section was really about um, if I could take one or two tips um, on each recipe and 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 take the really dial down to the key things where if you don't do that, you get it wrong. Uh, that's really what I tried to focus on. And there's key little chefy things, and often you don't get these. You can sit there and read the recipe through and, and think about what that is. Um, but in, when you go through the process of making it um, with your own two hands and, and you think it through, you do hit a point most times in a recipe where you go, you know what, if I'd use the wrong, as simple as using the wrong size bowl or, you know, um, you know, I, I don't know, measured it wrong or didn't put it on a, on a correct tray or something like that, it, it can go really wrong. It's as simple as that. So it's about putting those sorts of um, tips in there that just get, keep people on the right track and make sure they have a success um, every, each time they cook. I made two recipes out of this cookbook, the fish congee, Luke Wynn's dish on page 166. Tell us about Luke. I'd never heard of him before. Yeah, so Luke's Vietnamese Australian. So, um, and and as far as I knew, he's, uh, I've seen him on TV. Um, and so the fish congee, I've eaten. I, it's one of those things, right? So if I travel to, um, if I'm, I'm traveling through Asia, and you go to a breakfast buffet, and they always have congee, right? And I, I absolutely love it. I, it's it's so good, especially when you start tearing into, you know, fried anchovies or sambal or shallots or coriander, spring onions, any of those dried shrimps, any of those things you can throw in there to flavour it. Soy sauce. Um, it's it is a it's a great dish. It's very versatile, and I do find it one of those sort of heartwarming. Makes you feel a little bit better if you're under the weather. I also made your cream spinach on page 123. This is just a classic dish that I grew up on. Describe this recipe. Cream spinach is is, is just gold for me. I, I, I mean, I could eat it every – it's one of those things. There's two things. I love roast chicken, right? And I could eat roast chicken and cream spinach every day of the year. Um, it takes it, – it, it, this is a very – cream spinach is a very technical dish. Um, even though it is so simple and it is easy – if you don't blanch and then really wring the spinach out, uh, you won't get that correct finished texture because it'll it'll it just keeps no matter what you do with the spinach, it just keeps releasing water or moisture. Um, so it constantly lets down the cream. Um, and the key is to have it completely wrung out. I've I, I, I've confess, confess I've ripped more tea towels wringing out spinach than than anything else because I <laughs> you know put it in a ball and in a tea towel and squeeze it so hard that the um, after a few goes the tea towel rips. <laughs> you don't know your own strength. <laughs> <laughs> well, you do. I just I, you can never wring it out enough, right? I've had it t- so many times where water keeps coming out and it just it, it lets the whole thing down. It becomes a bit sloppier than it should do. It should be, you know, creamy and beautiful and green and delicious. It's a great dish. Now to my segment called My Last Meal. What would you have for your last supper? Oh, I mean, I, I, you know, I've been asked that a few times and, and that's a really difficult one because I, I don't know that I need to go extravagant. I've, I've had a chef's life, right? I've eaten all sorts of stuff. But, um, 
you know, that said, I would I would have to eat stuff like caviar. You know, I, I do love caviar, good caviar. I think it's just one of those world's delicacies that I that I absolutely love. Um, but on top of that, I could have it with something really simple like, um, you know, a blini or something like that. Um, crayfish, I can't go past. Uh, crayfish in New Zealand, um, lobster in America. Crayfish is, is they're very similar, but um, very very sweet. Uh, and then um, I don't know, simple 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 things like a, a really beautiful dry aged roast piece of beef is you can't go past really. Uh, and what's good? I could choose something from the book for dessert. I mean, I. To be honest, I'd eat anything sweet. I'd eat uh, the, the that beautiful um, cheesecake that's in the book. I would eat uh, the trifle um, pavlova. Pavlova is always that you know. It's, if you've eaten a decent pavlova, it's very hard to ever go to anything else, really. So, what's your next project? Well, up until now, it's really been thinking about the book, and the book has just been released. Um, I'm you know, constantly looking for new restaurant sites, which I um, am in the process of doing that in Auckland right now. Um, we are doing a bit of filming on the back of the book, uh, which is which is really amazing. So we've got a few. Um, I'm doing some filming up in France uh, in um, four or five weeks, uh, which is hugely exciting and. You know, I think most most of all trying to keep a reasonably balanced life um, because it can't be, you know, you, you ask that question and it's like, oh, it's work, 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 work. But, you know, at my tender old age of 45, you you know, I've got a family and, 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 and that side of my life is hugely important. So I don't think you can have a discussion like that without saying, listen, part of the focus is to have a well-balanced life and, and actually – Try and be happy, right? Where can we find you on the web, social media, and where can we find your restaurants? Uh, social media, um, I am mostly on Instagram, so at Josh Emmett, uh, which is J-O-S-H-E-M-E-T-T, and restaurants uh, throughout New Zealand. So I have restaurants, uh, a restaurant called Rata, which is in Queenstown. I have uh, a restaurant um, brand called Madam Wu, which is Malaysian, and I have four of those throughout New Zealand. And I also have a restaurant uh, offshoot of Madame Wu called Hawker and Roll. And we have four of those throughout New Zealand as well. So very busy roaming around New Zealand taking care of those. Thanks, Josh, for coming on Cookery by the Book podcast. Thanks for having me, Susie. It's been brilliant. Follow Susie Chase on Instagram at Cookery by the Book and subscribe at cookerybythebook.com or in Apple Podcasts. Thanks for listening to Cookery by the Book podcast, the only podcast devoted to cookbooks since 2015.